Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Dale. I'm Adam. And I'm Trevor. And yeah, we've been gone for quite some time. Uh, we're happy to get back and keep talking about magic. Of course, uh, we want to shout out to our sponsor, uh, Neil from the Comics Vault. Uh, always a beast. Just a, just a great man. Yeah, great man. Great man. Yep. And uh, Dale, I think you wanted to uh, talk about a little something before we get into the meat of uh, Jumpstart and Core 21. Uh, yeah, so we're going to come at you guys with another giveaway, you know, just to say, hey, you know, our bad for being gone forever, you know, circumstances happen, corona, but uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to give away a box of Core 21 to uh, one lucky follower, listener, and uh, yeah, so sometime in this episode, there's going to be a passphrase, and uh, we'll let you know later in the episode when we tell you the passphrase. Basically, you're just going to DM that passphrase either to MTG underscore survivalist on uh, Instagram, or you're going to just send it directly to the Commander's Vault uh, Instagram page. Either or, we'll get you entered. Yeah, sounds good. Now, uh, Adam, Trevor, you guys wanted the uh, the lion's share of talking about Core 21? Sure, yeah. So real quick, just as like a quick like sort of thing to say to you guys um we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about what happened during quarantine or covid it's sort of old news at this point everybody knows what's out everybody knows what's fun we might talk a little bit later about like some of the things that have impacted the meta um but we're going to focus mainly on what's important now and what's relevant now so adam and i are going to go ahead with uh, core 21 spoilers and reprints kick it off man yeah so there was a literal shit ton of uh, reprints and stuff like that from this set. Uh, honestly, one of the best core sets I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I agree. I've only oh, it is pretty cool. Since, uh, Dragon's Maze, so that's only seven core sets, not even, because there was a, a uh, transition where we took that away for a while. But uh, yeah, this is this set's really good. Like, uh, just to name a couple reprints, like Grim Tutor, Yeah. Worm, like uh, Baneslayer Angel, Azusa. Just great cards right there to begin to begin them, and they're like a good ten to thirty dollar price range. Yeah, right which is sweet. Bat. I mean, there's no excuse for Grim Tutor to be over fifteen dollars, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I think it'll be a little more because it's going to be in standard for a little bit, obviously. But yeah, I mean, the card was only ever expensive because it, it was old. It was yep. really old. It had like expensive one, time. one, yeah, one time. Yeah. It only so gets used pretty much in EDH. Yeah, exactly. But I am not sad about adding that to my black decks. Not at all. I'm glad to have that. Um, but yeah, do I see it commanding a $25, $30 price tag, which is what Demonic Tutor commands? No, absolutely not, because it's not even nearly as good. But um, simply because it's in standard right now, it may hang around like 20 25 bucks. but I definitely think it'll drop. Yeah, I could see it hanging around, honestly, fifteen twenty. I mean, yeah. there's always that initial. Price it's a ten to fifteen dollar tutor. Yeah, like, yeah. You said you made a good point. It's going to be unstandard. Like tutors just help you get what you uh, need in your deck. Consistency. Well, yeah, yeah, consistency. Along with like the four ofs, the three ofs, however what you're going to run. Yeah, in your deck. exactly. I mean, we're EDH players, so like the more tutors, the better for us. Yep. More consistent our decks it could maybe even be cool. I don't play a lot of modern, so I may just be talking out my ass here, but it could be cool something in like modern or legacy. Like I know, yeah, modern you don't have dark rip, right? Uh, so no. that's just legacy and yep. stuff. Maybe legacy, a, a legacy deck will be cool because so you can just you know dark rip, you know stuff like that. I know there's better cards, but like you might be able to play it. Yeah, so. no, pioneer yeah. legal. It, pioneer is the new modern. A lot of people actually are playing pioneer. Yeah. So. It's a good reprint, yeah, straight up. Definitely. I mean, I could we could probably spend a whole episode talking about Grim Tutor, but <laughs> so. I mean, one of the most exciting reprints I need is uh, Heroic Intervention. Like, that is pretty good. That's pretty good. Climbing, climbing. Not that they're too pricey and stuff like that, but something I just never honestly think about picking up. Now they're probably going to be a good like five, maybe seven bucks what they were commanding a while ago, and yeah, way easier to pick up. Pulling packs. This set's going to be printed a shit ton. So like. Yeah, it's going to be out there. Yeah, I'm excited. I definitely, um, I, I'm not sad about the Crater Hoof reprint. Oh, um, definitely not. Because that's, I mean, <laughs> green decks, they need that. You know yeah. what I mean? So, And then you, we might get the double whammy like we talked about. We might get the Hoof in the Commander Collection green. Yep, exactly, so it, yeah. It, you know, it would be good to have quite a few copies of this floating around. Yeah. It's, you know, people always, you, they like to speculate and say like, oh, are people mad because they paid 40 bucks for a Crater Hoof or whatever? You know, like Grim Tutor was insanely expensive, and it was because it was only printed one time. Yeah. So it's like, I myself, who has spent a lot of money on Magic cards, I'm not 
sad to see these reprints and I don't think in the overall uh, financial scheme of the game that it's going to affect the, the prices will come back people are always getting into EDH people are always getting into playing magic that's the whole point that's capitalism they want to keep the game growing an infinite growth model that's how it is oh, yeah. so the more people that play these prices will just level out and go back up you know it's just what it is that really is the name of the game too I mean honestly you can't get too upset about it like I I can't tell you how many times I've bought cards that were really expensive that have tanked but I've had the exact reverse happen as well. Let's just take Tainted Pact and Demonic Consultation, for example. I got Demonic Consultation for under a dollar. I got Tainted Pact for under $10. Both of those cards are now, like, they've increased by multiple hundred percent of their original price tag. Definitely. Like, Tainted Pact's climbed to almost $90 at one point there. Yeah. I got it for $7. Like, that, you know what I mean? So, like, you win some, you lose some, yeah. you know? So, no, I 100% agree. Um, I think... Just as a side note that ties into that, Mystery Booster was great because you're reprinting all of this stuff. Like, print Mana Crypts into the dirt, please. Yeah. I'd love to put it in every deck. Make it a $50 card. Make it more affordable for people, dude. If it goes down to 50 bucks, I'll put it in every deck straight up. Oh, yeah. Literally, like, I just picked up a Crater Hoof, like, I think maybe six days before it got spoiled. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad at all. No, man, because it's always good to get it because you might need another one, man. So then you just you cash in on that new price tag that at that point. It just is what it is. And even then, like I would rather have people getting access to more powerful, lesser printed cards so that, you know, like I, I've been playing EDH since its inception. And... You know, people always say, like, oh, you spend way too much on your decks and stuff. Like, I just had these cards. I've been playing Magic for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. JB's collection is extensive. I, we, we've seen it. So <laughs> so it's just, like, the the chance to have these newer players uh, get these extremely powerful cards uh, without having to, you know, break their backs to, yeah. to get this. That's fine. Like, when it, I'm, I'm looking forward to someone who, you know, I wouldn't necessarily consider a threat just thwacks a crater hoof down and i'm just like yeah, man. oh man i was not expecting that yeah but, but good on you yeah, you know right? what i mean it's glad you like, got one you know yeah, what I'm definitely. Saying? yeah yeah there's always the vibe for like the, the car prices and stuff like that and you can definitely tell when you go down and sit with somebody and stuff like that and i i like i want cards to be able to be more affordable to everybody and stuff like that like if uh if everybody could have a demonic tutor and everybody could have like the crater hoof and stuff like that, there would be crazy games. Like there, there could be. They'd be more streamlined. Yeah. They'd be better. You'd be able to play more games, have more fun, have a more diverse winning crowd. Yeah. And yeah, no, I think it would be healthy for the game. I 100 percent think yeah. so. And I, I think what uh, what Wizard said at uh, the end of last year that this year was going to be for commander players. I think they're honestly doing a really Oh yeah, job. dude. Yeah, I mean, they are holding true to that. After reprint after reprint, set after set after set, they really are trying to like print these cards that needed to be reprinted so that more people have access to them. And I I do appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Oracle of Moldiah finally got its first reprint. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that that's excellent. That's and excellent. I mean, just sticking with Core 21, I think one of the least underwhelming prints, or the most underwhelming prints in the set that is still going to command a high price tag is Azusa. Yep. Azusa. She's like, great. Ugin. Ugin. I just like, ripped two Azusas recently for Master 25 packs. One foil, one non-foil. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's just like, so with, you know, you're having this core set, which has never been known for having nuts reprints. You know, at least back until uh, M19, which had uh, Crucible. Crucible. Yep. yep. Crucible was like the, oh my gosh, they're printing this again, and it's going to be in standard in a core set? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I've, I've been loving core since they re-picked up core. Yeah, since they picked it back up, they've done a lot better of a job. Yep, I they've agree. Us it's a good product. That are, that are needed rather than just like, oh. Let's throw these rape cuts together and make a core set out of it. You know with, I mean? the, with the exception of fucking 7th edition, dude, I think this is hands down the best core set. Yep. Like, yeah, it's it, very good. It so is very good. Yep. Cards in this, so many powerful cards. Yeah, this one's going to sell like hotcakes, guys, so definitely head down to your LGS as soon as Core 21 gets out and, and definitely open just keep, them wallets. <laughs> just keep listening because uh, we're giving away a whole box Yeah, of this, how so about it? Yeah. yeah. 
I will say, I am upset that we got the other five temples in this. Yeah, episode. that was unnecessary. Temples, I, I'm not it trying to. Lands. I'm not trying to offend anybody who runs temples, but they're garb. <laughs> like, I just don't like them. Yeah. I mean, they've never been like a pinnacle of power. It's more like this is a mana fixing with a little tagline on it that we can print in standard and it doesn't break it. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand that, but they had just done that last year for the last core set. I just feel like it's just well, a waste of a, of a cycle. They could have done like the five or the uh, what haven't we got in a while? The other buddy lands. Like the last time we got buddy lands was uh, Dominaria. Um, did we get yeah. Dominaria? Yes. Yep. Oh, I thought we it was Dominaria and Ix- we did, but okay. Dominaria was after that. So yeah. Well, yeah. then give us the other Ixalan ones then. Like, I like Buddy Lands rather. I than love Buddy Lands, like Drown Catacomb and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, they're great lands. I run them in CDH. I like them. I like yeah. them a lot. They always come in untapped. I mean, they're basically dual lands for me in CDH. Yeah. I'm fetching and shocking constantly, so yeah, they're great. But like, I have the land types to meet the. To meet the check, so it's but yeah, they always enter untapped. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like I think the temples are more a concern for the limited environment than they are. Yeah, I would agree. I can see it from that perspective. And standard yeah. environment, um, but yeah, like I think twenty one is def and is definitely going to be one of the the best core sets ever printed. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably picking up a collector's box, maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I are just, there collectors boosters for the core set? Yeah, that's oh, what, dude. That's you get awesome. like the full art Ugins and oh, stuff. Oh man, man, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So. That's awesome. I love collector boosters, man. Wizards, please, more collector boosters. Like they're just that's that's my new favorite product, straight up. <laughs> like, it's 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 really funny because the 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 divide on the collectors boosters is so hot. It's just yeah. like you are either all for it or yeah. you are like hate it. Well, you know what I think is I think it would be interesting real quick as a side note to like look into that a little deeper and be like, okay, what percentage of people who dig the collector's boosters are EDH players versus other formats and the same, you know, on the other side of the table. I really find that a lot of EDH players love the collector booster. Maybe yeah. a lot of standard players don't though. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like they were but now I'm like, you know what? I actually like it because it gives the people with deep pockets the stuff they want to blow their money on yep. you know, and get and make their super flashy decks. But also the fact that you can still get all those cards in the regular booster. Exactly. So it doesn't like affect that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can you can have the premium product that doesn't affect the regular product so that way it's not hurting the average Joe's bank. I'm with you on that. And it almost helps the regular product in the same essence. It does. Like, it drives the price down yeah, for sure. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not as highly sought out. It's not Yeah, as, people are like, chasing the cards yeah. in the collector set. They're not necessarily chasing the regular version of the rare or mythic that's in the normal set. So yeah, yeah. even if you may have to bite the bullet, you could still get the card you need for your deck, but at a cheaper price. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you right now, too, and I've bought... I mean, I know, JB, you've bought boxes of Collector. I've, yeah. I've bought a lot of packs, don't get me wrong. Like, I've probably bought, like, two or three boxes worth of packs. My, I, I've never not gotten my money out of the pack. Yeah. Like, it's 25 bucks a pack here at, at the Comics Vault, and, like, I've never got not gotten my money out of the pack. You know what I mean? I always get at least 25 bucks worth of cards. Sometimes I get a hell of a lot more. A lot of the time I get a hell of a lot more. Or I just get cool shit that I'm looking for, you, you know? know? So you, When you see somebody, like... The professor who does the booster box game, which if you're not familiar, go just go look it up on YouTube. Uh, but the the whole point is you buy a box and then you try and sell the things out of the box. Anything two dollars or over counts towards the total, and then you try and buy another box with what you sell out of your first box. And this continues on for however many boxes you can do it with. Now, it is kind of hard to get. The two hundred and sometimes fifty, two hundred and sixty dollar price tags for these collector boosters boxes. Mm. You know, I've seen them go for lower. For a while there, for Theros, they were dipping below two hundred. You could get one for one ninety, one ninety five. Mm. You know, shipped. And um, the whole the whole thing of it being is you're not looking to build a standard deck out of you know collectors booster packs. I get that. It's not. The target market, you buy singles if you're trying to rip stuff like that. But, like, for EDH players who want flashy god borders and, uh, you know, full art Godzillas and whatever, just all this crap that's premium, mm-hmm. you know, that is available in the regular packs, you gotta get way luckier. 
but it is available. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, well, okay, you know, it allows people in EDH to to kind of flex a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, For the same reason that, you know, the Cultivate in your Golgari deck, Adam, is, you know, like a $13 card. It's Cultivate. Yeah. It is Cultivate. (laughs) It's getting reprinted in this set. (laughs) And, you know, it's a $13 Cultivate. Do you need a $13 Cultivate? No. No, but, you know, (laughs) a a regular 15 cent Cultivate would work just the same, but... You know, every it's all about the pimping. I think ED, I think EDH <laughs> players are craftsmen. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, you know, I a hundred percent agree with that. You you want to like take the deck and you know maybe you want to get all the same lands from the same set or different foils of lands from every set or you know maybe you don't care about the lands so much maybe you're just trying to you know get only foils or you know just trying to pimp your deck out. You know, in different ways, and all these collector's boosters just make it so much easier. I I, I built Otrini Mutate from the last Commander set, and uh, I got... I put a lot of the Soul Type Mutate cards in there. I got all of the comic book versions, over half of them in foil, between you and Richard. Yeah. Like, for under 10 bucks. I mean, none of them were expensive, but yeah. they're cool, man. Like, that... They don't... Ha- it doesn't always have to be expensive for it to be flashy yeah, and cool, cool, you know what I mean? It's just cool. Like, like the- I... I love those. The cards. comic book triomes, I think, are oh are, my god, a really are... good look. I ripped a Zagath triome comic book foil out of a, out of a collector booster. Thirty dollar card, paid for the pack by itself, and I got a bunch of other good stuff. Dude, I love it. It looks yeah. absolutely like, beautiful. I really like the fact, though, that you get. So let's take Ugin for example. Okay, the new Ugin has three different artworks for it. Okay, you got the full art, the full art foil, and the alternate art version of it, and you have the original version of it. So there, there's like four different versions now. You can pimp your deck out like however you want. Me personally, I like pack foils, I, or I like the extended art non-foils. I like those best, and the extended art non-foils are generally, obviously, cheaper than yep. the extended art foils. But it's still flashy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I dig that, that I can get different versions of it for cheaper that are still not just the regular version. It's really cool, too, because I didn't really think about it until you just kind of brought that up. Normally, when we get a reprint of a card, that's its reprint. But with these collector boosters, you're getting three new prints of the Ugin or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So that's even now there's more versions of that car. It just it really does make things more accessible to people. I mean, that's just it's that simple. Definitely. I mean, yeah. if you look at the market wise on these cards, too, it's totally different. You know, you can't say that this version is going to be more expensive because not everybody is going to be. It's all about aesthetic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. How you want your deck to look. Do you want your deck to have all extended art non foils or do you want your deck to have all extended art foils like the box toppers? 100 percent. Yeah. So it just definitely makes stuff cheaper, more accessible. Great product. product. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a, a switch up from what they tried to do with like the mythic editions. Yes. It's like. Mythic editions kind of crashed and burned. Yep. Blew up in their face when they couldn't they couldn't fulfill all those orders, and that's why the the war sheets yeah, the went war out sheets, and yeah. like their <laughs> website exploded, and that was a big problem. But now these collector boosters are essentially, I think, what piggybacked off of these mythic edition. They packaged it a little differently, and I think the reception has been much better. Yeah, I man, agree. I love them. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Honest to God. But I mean, what are, what else? Are, what other yeah, cards are you looking forward to there. in there? So yeah, those are all like the reprints. Um, I just a small note. I think it's cool that shrines came back. Like they printed oh the shrines. new shrines. I didn't even know that was a thing. Those are pretty cool though. Yeah, they printed them for the first time since uh, what was it? Kamigawa. Kamigawa. The old Kamigawa, yeah. and uh, there is another. I think it was Iconic Masters, or something. They have another print. They have the Kamigawa print, and then they have another print. Yeah, something but like that. It's, maybe maybe Future Sight? No. Yeah. It's, it's Iconic it Masters. Was, pretty uh, sure. yeah. It was a Master set. Uh, but not, yeah. along, along with the reprints, we have a, a literal shit ton more of powerful cards that just get printed in this set. Uh, one of my favorites is Teferi. The new Teferi, the Master of Time, is 
going to be bonkers. I think it's going to break standard. I think, it, honestly, it could get even banned in standard. I think it could definitely get banned in standard. That card is really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'll give you the rundown here. So uh, he already has a static ability that you may activate loyalty abilities. to fairy master of time on any player's turn, any other than uh, any time you cast an instant. So basically his uh, abilities have flash. Uh, for his plus one, draw a card, then discard a card. His minus three target creature you don't control phases out. And for people who don't know what phase out is, it's basically it's treated as though it's not there. Anything attached to it is not there, and it comes back at the end of the turn, or uh, its controller's next turn. It is like the epitome of a blink effect. Mm-hmm. And then his minus ten is take two extra turns after this one. And he starts out at three. I mean, he, it's a climb. It's a climb from three to eleven, or even three to ten, just to pop him. But to do but, it every turn, it's not that much of a climb. Exactly. Well, that, in, yeah, in EDH, exactly. In EDH, you get three activations plus your turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Yeah, and there's multiple ways to add additional loyalty counters. In oh EDH. yeah. Like, yep. I, Deep glow skate, inexorable tide. I mean, the list goes on. Like. I really like that phasing effect, though. I mean, it, yeah, it's really good. good. <laughs> yeah, really man. Good. This card Real is good. this card's disgustingly good. Like, the only thing that would make this card, like, out of, absolutely blowing out of the water better is if it was, like, a plus two. Plus two discard draw. It'd be gross. Like, but it doesn't even need that, man. I mean, that, that sifting ability of the draw a card, discard a card is really good. The phasing is really good. And the alt is pretty on point. I mean... Even the artwork. I love his artwork because he's literally, like... He's only a four drop too. Time right there, and Dude, he has what other? I think there's three other prints of that, and it goes through each like like another phase of him meddling through time. No and kidding, stuff like that that's pretty cool, man. That's dope. Dude, I'm tr- like I said, there's a poster out that's the artwork of that, just like they did the uh, Modern Horizons Sarah uh, art. Great poster, oh, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and it looks just—it's the same art on the card. But with the foil swirls around them, oh, it looks so nice. I, yeah, I gotta pick me up one yeah. of those. Teferi's incredible. Like, there's just no joke about it. Like, he's really great. Um, one of the other cards I'd like to talk about, since he's green, we'll stay in the mythics here, is the Elder Gargaroth. This yeah. dude, this dude's awesome. <laughs> me and Dale definitely agree. I know we all agree, but it's great. Um, so we've got Elder Gargaroth for three and two green. It's a creature beast, 6-6. Six, six. Vigilance Trample Reach. Whenever Elder Gargaroth attacks or blocks, choose one. You, uh, the modes are create a 3-3 green beast creature token, or you gain three life, or you can draw a card. Wow. Hell of okay. a mutate yeah. target. Wow, dude. Hell yeah, hell of a mutate target. Yep, absolutely. Um, even just a 5-drop 6-6 six, six with all that printed on it in my Selvala deck will just be right on point. Like, I'm loving it. Um, I love it for Godzilla. He's, like, going to be... I think he's going to be the new, quote-unquote, like, Carnage Tyrant type creature. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, it's not the same. It's not, like, Doesn't you know, very it. difficult to be removed like yeah. Carnage Tyrant. But it's just that... It's that, you know, six, five, six-mana slot bomb that's just gross. And you can run... There's questing beasts in this meta, too. You know what I mean? For standard and stuff. So, it's like, dude, this guy's just... He's awesome. He's better than uh, Dread... Colossal, Colossal. he is, dude, the power creep on Colossal Dreadmaw is real. Like, yeah. Like, in the words of our buddy Josh, the card's absolutely manners. Like, <laughs> <straight> <laughs> yeah, seriously, it is it, it is a very, very good card. And what about the, the, the Red Mythic that uh, yeah. triples your DPS? It's another good one that I am looking for. Fire Emancipation. To, uh, Godzilla, like, yeah. Yeah, Thir- triple damage. I think this is, like, the first... Uh, static triple damage effect ever printed. Yeah, just disgusting. Which is just nuts. That's pretty cool. We got triple mana recently from Nick's Blue Nick's Mansion. Blue Mansion. Now yeah. we've got triple damage on a red card. Similar mana cost too. Triple red on the yeah. mana. Maybe we'll get like a not a cycle per se, but maybe we'll get a black one too, or like you know what I'm saying. That'd be yeah. pretty cool. It's just but it, great for devotion. It's so dude. good. Red, mono red devotion, mm. dude, and just. Sling and burn. Oh, Could you yeah. imagine a black enchantment that was like triple black and three, and it's like whenever you sack a creature, each opponent sacks three creatures, like the triple? Like, oh, yeah, dude, that'd, that'd just be, be dis- like triple dictate, you know what I mean? Like, that'd just yeah. be disgusting, dude. Like, and like, even in the, the still the realm of red mythics, uh, I think this next is this next card is just gonna be nuts. Terror of the Peaks, uh, three and two red for a five four dragon. Uh, it has flying. Spells your opponent's cast that target it 
cost an additional three life. Uh, and whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. That's nuts. That's yeah, a com- that's a combo finisher. That's better than Perforos. Yeah, in how like, about it, dude? In like token spam decks where you're trying to yep. just you know murk people out with. I yeah. literally said oh. before we recorded today, it's going and I've yeah. been kind of brewing a Cranko deck, a very fast just token punch your face out Cranko deck, and he's going in there, man. Like he's a spicy tech, dude. Like he's it's really like good. Impact tremors and Perforos. Yes, exactly. And but it's also like With any like target. A, yeah, is like you can use it for spot removal. You can use it for you know burn damage to just. Just chunk people out in little incremental and then blow them out with a combo finish. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. It, the, yeah, the cards, well, five mana for all that stuff. I great. To get my hands on yeah, he's pretty good. So we'll wrap up Core 21 with just one more mythic. Um, it's the Garuk Unleashed. Um, I'm pretty excited about this guy. I really like Garuk. Like, he was my original favorite Planeswalker, so I'm pretty excited to see him be coming back. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, Garuk Unleashed is a 2 and 2 green, uh, 4 loyalty. His plus 1 is up to 1 target creature, gets 3-3 three, three and gains trample until end of turn. Neg 2, create a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token. Then, if an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a loyalty counter on Garuk. And for his ultimate at Neg 7, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, you may search your library for a creature card and put it onto the battlefield and shuffle. That's just awesome. Like, that's a great, that's a great ultimate. Um, I did scoop, uh, skip over one guy. We're also going to talk about the conspicuous scoop, speaking of goblin decks. Um, but yeah, not really much to say about Garuk here. I mean, I'm not going to tech him into any decks or anything like that. I just wanted to gloss over him because he's just awesome. I love he Garuk. Might, he might make his way into my, uh... Godzilla deck as well. Yeah. I, I've always liked the effects to where you can end up uh, searching your library for another creature and putting it on the battlefield. Yeah, dude. Like, that's just... Yeah, it yeah, is that's, good. That's a big effect for him, so, like... It, it wouldn't necessarily be bad in my Selvala deck because his plus one could turn, like, a 1-1 one, one into a 4-4 four, four for me to get some extra mana off of. Yep. Or even give Selvala herself just plus three, and then I get five mana from her if she's the only thing on board. So, I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll revisit that. That's she, He's not bad. He's yeah, not bad. Mana, he's not a bad Planeswalker. What's no. his starting level? It's not even six. It's four. No, he's four. two and two green, dude. He's not, and he starts at four loyalty. Like he, he is yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's not bad. So glad to have him back. Yeah, absolutely. I love Garuk. Um, but yeah, so now we will wrap up core twenty one with conspicuous scoop. All right, so this is the big uh, goblin card coming out of this set. Everybody's getting a little excited for him. Uh, for two red. He's a goblin rogue. Uh, play the top card of your library revealed. You may cast goblin spells from the top card of your library. As long as the top card of your library is a goblin card, Conspicuous Snoop has all activated abilities of this card. Plus two, plus two. All right, he's a two-two. So what? Are, what are all the? Uh, what are all the combos with this guy? I think there's a Kiki Jiki one, right? I'm not a huge Kiki player, JB. I know you were telling me about it. Why don't you go? What's the Kiki combo? Uh, the Kiki combo is just, he becomes, he gets Kiki Jiki's activated ability. Okay, so yeah, right. so basically you don't need to cast Kiki Jiki, he just needs to be on top of your library. Correct. And you can, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's the only combo with him, I thought that was a Cranko one out too. Oh, I'm, he gets Cranko's activated ability. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that would require you to run Cranko in your deck though. He, I mean, yeah, he, he should be your commander. So, that's just my opinion, but he should be your commander, so... I mean, yeah, he, he gets anything with an activated ability. So, I mean, any red card that's got a good activated ability on it that, you know, um, I mean, yeah, it's going to it's gonna do good stuff with. But I know specifically, yes, with Kiki, like you can create infinite hasty stuff as Kiki does. And, yeah. So that'll wrap it up about for uh, Core 21. And the next thing we were going to talk about was uh, Jumpstart, which is a super interesting... Uh, theory for how to get into magic you take uh, two of these jumpstart packs and you smash them together and now you have a deck uh, some cool reprints in there i think we glossed over some of them earlier with uh, oracle and uh, crater hoof and things like that and then uh, we got some spicy new cards coming out of jumpstart um, 
I would like to start by talking about my small goblin child, less goblin, more skeleton, uh, Tiny Bones. <laughs> Tiny Bones is awesome. Yeah. If you ever ran a discard deck that didn't like focus on wheeling and using effects like Megram, Liliana's Caress, and things like that to, to drain your opponents out, if you were uh, not focused on the wheeling aspect where everyone's drawing as well as discarding, if you were a straight discard, man, you ran out of gas. Because uh, mm -hmm. soon everybody has no hand, and everyone's just top decking, and you kind of just sit there with your discard spells and, and do nothing. But Tiny Bones finishes people off. Six mana to deal for every opponent that has no hand lose ten life. Yeah, dude. Insane. It's so good. Yeah, then you couple it with spells or enchantments like Painful Quandary. Yeah. Or wound reflection. Wound reflection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Like, yeah. It only takes you know one other enchantment. Yeah, man. Seriously. Destroy the whole table. I I really like. Um, you were talking about it the other day. Now I'm drawing a blank uh, on how to how to use that card. Which tiny bones? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Gwendolyn DeCourcy. Yeah. That's that right. I'm that's the deck you have. Gonna yeah. be running it in. Oh no! Sorry. What I was getting at was the other day JB brought up a very good point about Bolus's Citadel. So, like, it's a similar mana investment. It does 10 damage, but, like, think about the investment on Bolus' Citadel. Like, you have to sack 10 permanents and tap it, and it's only one player. This is six mana, which is super attainable, and it hits everybody with no hand. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Definitely. Similarly, like, for a black, you know, black, if we're talking really good black cards. This so. card is an immediate uh, staple in EDH and any type of, like, I think so. Rexus control of this card. Yep, 100%. It'll find its home in Nekusar decks. It'll find its home in probably Kess decks. Really, any Gwendolyn de Corsi decks. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I mean, it even just stapled onto that, it's uh, at the beginning of each end step, and if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card, you lose one life. So yeah, it's, a, it's little, a little draw effect with a, a six-mana investment to deal ten damage. And, like, for one in a black, that's so good. Yeah, I, I cannot really wait... To drop this card in EDH. I just... Yeah. I can't wait to kill people with it. Pair, pair <laughs> it with Rankle and Painful Conjuring, dude. You, you got just... Oh, yeah, man. Solid. Yep. Solid. Solid place. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many times, you know, Adam or or Dale even, you know, Trevor, have you had no hand versus Gwendolyn DeCourcy? Oh, and yeah. I just have not been able to do yep. anything because I'm kind of stalled out as yep. well. So yeah, just, it happens. It yeah, happens. I yeah. play enough mono red and enough mono green that I have been hell bent a lot. Yeah. <laughs> without even playing against a discard deck. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a neat little uh, discard enabler and then a finisher just stapled right on it. It's great. I cannot wait to use it. Um, another of the sick prints, uh, I think, Dale, you wanted to talk about. Well, I got uh, uh, quite a few stuff that I want to talk about, but I guess I'll hit uh, the Allosaurus Shepherd first. But wait, Dale, didn't you hate Allosaurus Shepherd? You know, we, <laughs> we seemed to have a conversation a while ago that you thought it was very unflavorful. and uh, Yeah, it's very unflavorful that elves are turned into dinosaurs, <laughs> according to Dale. I don't like elves being turned into dinosaurs. <laughs> but, okay, aside from that, though, yeah, I mean, we're just you, ribbing get you. A, you get a one-drop, one-one that can't be countered, green spells you control can't be countered, and for four colorless and two green, until end of turn, each elf creature you control has a base power and toughness, 5-5, five, five, and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other creature types. I mean, dude, this is just stompy, just yeah. to, the, to the T. I mean, yeah. Come on, it's a one-drop, and you already pair it with all the other one-drop Manador elves, next thing you know, it's turn four, and you're just like, I got six mana, all my dorks now are five fives coming at you. Like, it's just early game aggro beat. I think there's something to be said about the way they've been doing up green. <laughs> like, I think it's safe to say that everybody at Wizards just loves to play green commander decks. Like, straight up, man. Because, the, think about the last few years. We got, we had Prowling Serpapard and a Monkette. Three drop, creatures are count, can't be countered. Theros. Theros, we got Destiny Spinner. 
Creatures and enchantments can't be countered. Now this is a two drop, a one two. Now we get this one one green. That, I'm telling you, it just gets better and better and better, man. Like I'm, I'm loving it, dude. I love green, and I am not sad about any of this. I love <laughs> like, it too because I'm like a green mage at heart, and I personally am not very fond of blue. So anything <laughs> that lets me just like hate on blue, I love it. So it's just great. Did any of you, uh, did any of our listeners out there, I'm just curious, did you guys know Dale hated blue? I mean, or was that, if it wasn't clear, he, he's he had not to reaffirm. We have been yeah. off the air for quite a while. <laughs> he had to kind of throw back out yeah, there just to right. make sure everyone that's right, knew. Yeah. We love you, Dale. Yeah. No, it, but like, it makes your, like, it's, I'm thinking it's now a CDH staple. Yeah, yeah, your absolutely. Deck. It yep. makes your Veil of Summer uncounterable. It makes your, you know, Natural Order uncounterable. Your Cord, you know, all of your... Let's your... let's just say somebody takes your Wincon. Like, I'm running right now, currently I'm running Kazor Ukima Food Chain. Let's say somebody exiles my Food Chain and I lose my Rift Sweeper somehow, and I've got to go to Ukima Beats. Like, I can turn my Deathrite Shamans and stuff into 5-5 five, five Dinosaurs and get some Beats on. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's good, man. It's a It's Plan D. But it's still there. Like, and, and it, for and one it mana, adds the, yes. for one mana investment yeah. to get the uncounterable clause 100%. on all your green yep. spells. I think CDH Salvala. I think as a one drop, if you're not playing a mana dork, you want to play this dude. A hundred percent, I agree. Because now your Salvala is uncounterable. All your 100%. all of your uh, your big elf ball stuff is uncounterable. It's just it's so good. Yeah, I hundred yeah, percent I mean, agree. I'm running CDH uh, cannon deck right now, and like I would love to have this in there because now it makes my Thrasios uncounterable. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes Cannon uncounterable. Yep. Like all my tutors, creature tutors to go get the creatures I need to get my combo pieces. You can't counter them. So, I mean, it's definitely solid all around. Yeah. What was the, uh, what was the next one you wanted to do? Uh, the next one I wanted to do is not like super power level but it's like totally my flavor it's a towering titan it's a six drop giant and it's a zero zero creature but when it etbs it enters with x plus one counters on it where x is the total toughness of other creatures you control and then you can sacrifice a creature with defender all creatures gain trample until end of turn the second clause is not really a big thing because i don't run much defender but i just love that for six, I can drop this out, and if I'm putting it in a deck like, say, my Squirrels deck, that I just have like 20, 30 tokens out, it's just coming out just huge with counters. And then you pair that in that same deck with, it's a Yorgo deck, you pair it with the Uzalith. And then it's like, okay, I don't care if you get rid of it, because all the counters are just going to go into Uzalith, and then I'll just put them on Yorbo. So... Like, I really think that it's niche in the decks that it's going to go in, but it's just flavor. The artwork's sweet, and it's just, it's cool. It's nothing too flashy, but. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. And, like, one of the things that they did uh, with Jumpstart that they showed was uh, keywording mill. They did that yeah. in the core set. Yeah, in the core set as well. Yeah. It's just that this new batch of cards now all says, now all says mill. Something that people have been calling it forever, you know. I'm glad they got all of the times. And oh, definitely. Shortens things too. And uh, you know, it, it just takes a lot of text away from a card. Mm-hmm. Put the top card of your library into your graveyard, or yeah, put, that's what I mean by you that. know, whatever. Like, and, don't have to worry about writing or typing all that stuff down. And it, it got a pretty blue mill. Got a pretty spicy little uh, general for that uh, for three mana. Uh, Bruvac the Grandiloquent is two and a blue for a human advisor, one four. And if an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many instead. Hello, traumatized wind game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I was just like, oh, man, I'm glad that I run Titans in most of my decks. You At know? least one to, uh, to, to not instantly die to this, to, to mill. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to look up real quick and see if Troms have spiked. Well, they have a ton of printings. I, th- I think we'll, uh, I think it won't be nope, that bad. Nope, they did not. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, wh- this this effect was just in, I want to say, like, our or a Monquette. What was it? It was Fraying Sanity. Yeah. But that was an enchantment, and you only did that to, like, one player. 
Yeah, yep. yep. So now this is a, a three-drop creature, which can be your commander. And uh, now it, you can just have access to it all the time. I think that's so good. So I guess the question is, is it... Do you think it's worth running him as mono blue mill, or do you think he'd be better in the ninety nine of a Demir mill? I think he'd be better in, in, in the ninety nine. I think he'd be better in the yeah, ninety nine. Just but to get access I, to like the mines funerals and mine grinds and, and stuff. I, and, yeah. But I don't think a mono blue would be a slouch. No, like, not at all. With him no, as the, the I agree. commander. I agree. Yeah. I mean there's plenty of ways to protect a traumatize a mono blue, even if that is your main win con. You can yeah. tutor for it readily. Like it's it's yeah, it's solid. Yeah, and especially like the uh, they they reprinted instead of Sphinx's tutelage, now it's Teferi's tutelage. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, uh, draw a card and discard a card. It's an enchantment for uh, two and a blue. And whenever you draw a card, target opponent mills two cards. Yeah, you know, it's just like blue gets a ton of those little incremental <laughs> effects: uh, drown secrets, uh, Jace's tutelage, uh, Sphinx's tutelage, all you know. Or Jace's Erasure or whatever it was. Yeah, Jace's Erasure. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I, th- I think, you know, all that stuff is in mono blue. I don't see why it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a, a, good, a bad deck. It just looks really fun. And now that it's keyworded mill, it's much less clunky. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> like, thank God. It took forever. Yeah, it really did. What was the first card that, like, it millstone? Like, millstone, millstone is that's old. Why, that's why, like, well, millstone is like, where the keyword yeah, comes from. That's yeah, that's like, yep. You mill That's one. what I mean. Like it's just like, <laughs> oh boy, it's very cool though. It's very cool to see them adopt a colloquialism of the play group and make that a thing. You know what I mean? Like that's it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. What uh, I mean, did you guys check out the jumpstart stuff? I mean, you guys pretty much touched on a lot of the jumpstart stuff. Did anybody talk about the Phyrexia jumpstart? Oh, well, I oh mean... boy, oh boy. All right. So Yogmoth, yeah, Hell Phyrexia. Yogmoth is going to get. All those, like, hit every swamp, as we were talking about earlier, yeah. pimping decks. Yep. Dude, the new pimp for my Yawgmoth deck, it used to be foils of new Phyrexia lands and things like that, Mirrodin lands. Now it's going to be all these new Phyrexia swamps. Like, not new Phyrexia, but you know what I mean. Like, the new... Um, for those who don't know, there is a swamp in the Phyrexian Jumpstart pack that comes with Shaeldred, and it is in Phyrexian lettering. Like, it's the Phyrexian alphabet. Mm-hmm. It is... Oh my god! And like, it's like it's, the art on the swamp's not even anything crazy. It's the alphabet that's doing it for me. Yeah, like a hundred percent. The fact that we now have like how to say basic land swamp yeah. in Phyrexian. Yeah, how about sweet. it? Yeah, it is pretty cool. We're starting to make an actual Phyrexian alphabet. Yeah. It's yep. Pretty. Dumb. Yeah, it's already it's there. Very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. I can't tell you how, dude. I saw. Oh my god! I wish I could give credit to the artist right now. If you know who this is, please tag them on like our page or something like that. Um, they did a Yogmoth with Phyrexian writing. It was like Scourge Alters, I think maybe. It's Scourge, or, I think it was Scourge Alters, but again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not trying to like you know hurt anybody's feelings, but it, it was incredible. Like I mean, they're the alphabet is there. It's able to be used. It's just oh god, they look. They just looked out of control. Like yeah. they're so good. So speaking with the uh, Phyrexian. Uh, the Phyrexian Jumpstart Packs, Shieldred, the Whispering one, that has been yeah. climbing up and up and up in price, and we're getting a solid reprint yep. for that here, which, uh, if you don't know what Shieldred, the Whispering one, does... <laughs> you should find out. Let's find out now. It's a 6-6 with Swamp Walk, and at the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. So just disgusting and nasty in true OG Praetor fashion. It's, you know, it's one of those cards that you bet on the, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to go first and I'm going to draw the card and pitch shoulder to the yard and try and reanimate her turn two. I have like done a that. Like a mean person. I have done that in my, I have purposefully not dropped a land turn one to reanimate shoulder turn two in my Muldrotha deck. I've done it at least five times. Like, I was going to say, I... I know that I've done it. A I've few done it in Yogmoth even, dude. Yeah, like just same. not play to land Yogmoth turn one and then just turn two Shieldred. Like it's disgusting. Like <laughs> really delinquent. Love it. She uh, was my mono black commander for the longest time. She she preceded Yogmoth. Also with the uh, with the Phyrexian uh, theme here, uh, the passphrase for the uh, core twenty one box giveaway is Phyrexia. <laughs> so. Make sure you hit our DMs with that at MTG underscore survivalist or the commander's vault. 
DM and tell us that passphrase to get entered. Yep, in. that'll automatically get you answered. And a hail Phyrexia doesn't hurt anybody, so you know, hail Phyrexia. Yeah, just absolutely. Hail Phyrexia, really. um, I can't tell you guys just as a side tangent. I, I it's my favorite plane, Meriden, and then New Phyrexia. I've never gotten to play there as a player. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. Like, I love it. At the same time, I have like a really salty memory about it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like I had. I had opened a box and I had gotten all three Planeswalkers from Scars of Mirrodin. So Elspeth Tyrell, Koth of the Hammer, and Vencer the Sojourner. All right? Now this was back when this had just released. And I had a guy come up to me and say, yo, I'll trade you with Jace the Mind Sculptor for one of each of them. And I was like, dude, no. And, you know, we'll look at it now because it, it was an OG World Wake one. And, uh, you know, all yeah. But you win some, you lose yeah, some. Like you, I, know? you know, yeah. <laughs> you live and you learn. Yep, you win it, some, you lose it, some. If it has four abilities and one of them's a brainstorm for zero, you might as well just uh, just stock up on it. <laughs> and I'm time. just that I'm that terrible guy too that people would probably just scoff at. I recently ripped a JTMS out of a Masters 25 pack, traded it immediately, like within 24 hours. Just not a card that I'm going to use. You know what I mean? Like I don't play modern. It's not super great in Commander. It's okay, but. You know, like it it's yeah. pretty good. You know, deck, you bastard. But, but yeah, that's besides the point. Yeah, Phyrexia <laughs> has some some great. It, it's got the history. You know, like, will we get infect again? Is infect an evergreen keyword or like? Infect will come back. You, you think cannot so? cannot have Phyrexia without Infect. Yeah, I think I don't think it's possible. Do no. you think through that same stem, then we'll get like Wither and stuff like that? No. They're like hand in hand. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're more or less the same thing. No. Just wither doesn't affect players. Yeah. Infect's disgusting. Yeah. Now, infect is nuts. Real quick, I just actually thought about this. Do you think that with Infect coming back into the forefront, they will revise the Infect life total? No. No. I don't think they should. But do you. Toxic. It's going to come up again. I mean, it's going to come up. Every. Every. Every yeah, every time we host a tournament in here, or every rather every time Neil hosts a tournament in here, like it it comes up like what are we making the infect total? Nobody's even playing infect, and people are still worried about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think <laughs> I think one person has played infect yeah. in all the tournaments. Sas- yeah, Matt he played Saskia infect, and that was like it. Yeah, and, you know. And the thing is, is just like the support. You know, winning via infect is like I don't consider that like throwing a one of tainted strike in your deck and then tainted striking somebody who's going to swing at somebody for 10 or more. Yeah. You know, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if, if Dale, you're the green guy. If you're swinging at me with a 10, 10 and I'm like, I'll take 10. And then, you know, Trevor's like, I'll tainted strike his dude. Then I'll be like, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I don't think it's as big a deal as people make no, it. No, it is absolutely not. Trying to kill four players at a table, or three other players at a table with Infect is it's horrific. difficult. Chandra's Outrage is one of the easiest ways Ignition. to do it. And Ignition. That's, or, yeah, sorry. Chandra's Ignition. And that is still requires you to have a Blightsteel on board and spend five mana on Chandra's Ignition. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's not it's not exactly easy. I think like, the easiest way to go about killing a table with Infect is trying for the Lords, period. That okay, is 100%. Fair enough. Yeah, no, so you okay. Are, you yep. are 100%, 100% agree. And like, I mean, if you're going into a tournament and you're playing like CEDH level magic, most of the time you're not running trying for the horns because you're not trying to just put beats down as a way to win. You're probably going to combo or yeah. something yep. like that. You're not, no, you're right. You're not yep. going for that. Absolutely. And if you're trying to try for the hordes in a CEDH game, it probably ain't resolving. No. There's no, probably a backed up you. rift somewhere with your name on it. That just gonna, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you just get tracked. The, the <laughs> green spells can't be countered. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. It doesn't so. stop somebody from venturing it back to your hand. Yeah, I know this. True. I know this from experience. Yep. yep, that's true. My stuff can't be countered. Well, it doesn't say I can't put it back in your hand. That's I love Narset's reversal for that reason. Oh, so good. Like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, awesome. But <laughs> yeah, the I I definitely am excited, and I look forward to going back to Phyrexia. Uh, you know, everyone, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I profess my love of Phyrexia Same. and Yagmoth, and um, I just want to see what's going on and what the new conflict is going to be on. On new Phyrexia, if they're going to take it and 
then it's going to be like the Phyrexian invasion of something else. If we're go- like if we're not quote unquote going back to New Phyrexia, you know, Mirrodin, if we're going to be going somewhere else, like maybe yeah, the Praetors there. have now done what they have set out to do and manufactured a spark. You know, imagine a Praetor with a spark. Horrifying. I That's would love, I would love a Phyrexian Planeswalker. Yeah. That's I'm what I 100% want. 100%. 100%. I think they will tone back Phyrexian mana if they bring it back for this set because it was uber powerful. It just is. It just <laughs> is. Like, it is so good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I played in. A la Crick, everyone? Yeah, I played in that standard. Like, yeah. in New oh, Phyrexia, Mirrodin Besiege, Standard, yeah. and all that shit. But I cannot wait. I, yeah, mm. I am very excited. It's it's going to be it's gonna be very just on the nose for me. I just, I love it. I'm so, ready for it. I got one more card I wanted to mention from Jumpstart, and forgive me if I butcher the name, but uh, Nyeth of the Dire Hunt. It's a mono-green card. It's two colorless and two green for a human warrior, legendary, and it's a 3-3. Three, three with whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked you draw a card and then at the beginning of combat on your turn you can pay two colorless or a hybrid red green if you do double target creatures power until the end of turn that creature must be blocked this combat if able oh man i really like it it's like a a xenagos effect on a creature it's good at making somebody block with if they only have one creature that's like a combo e type creature or something that's really gonna like turn the tide for that player you just yeah. attack them force it to block remove it and draw a card i mean pretty decent I, yeah I've like seen, what more could you really ask I've seen for some like decent mid-tier casually competitive type deck lists popping up around it i think it'd be a fun commander to it's brew. pretty cool yeah so, i like it figured i'd throw that one That'll be good in Godzilla. Adam yeah. Adam built a Godzilla King of the Monsters Gruel deck. It'll be good oh, yeah. in there for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, for this segment, we're going to go ahead and switch gears. And we're going to talk about uh, the meta around here and just like what we've been seeing pop up since the new Commander decks came out. And uh, one that I wanted to hit on is a deck that I built, but I've also seen quite a few people building this in our meta and online is the uh, Zyrus uh, snake token deck and uh yeah i think it's a pretty pretty good deck it's pretty strong i yeah. mean it, it definitely holds its own it, from every type of level of commander aside from maybe cedh but i mean just mm, even that dude like that noah man who plays here he's got it and it's pretty tuned i mean he killed us all turn three the one day you know with um i can't even remember what it was but no it, it, it the potential's there like, what does she do exactly? Um, it's any time... Go ahead, Dale. You run yeah. the commander. It's basically any time a player draws a card other than their first card on their draw step, you create a snake token. And then it's a flying creature that's a 3-5, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you and that player draw that many cards. So basically, you could play it as a group huggy deck where you're just like, I'm going to keep the power level low, hit everybody as much as I can, let everybody draw a bunch of cards, but you get more advantage off of it because you're creating the tokens and they're not. So, you know, it definitely leads into like a lot of, you just have a huge board and you can run your Triumph of the Hordes, your Crater Hoofs, all that type of stuff, real big beefy stuff, but you also got access to blue. So you got counter spells you know you got your force of will all that type of stuff to really like slow down other players while building your board state and then you can do what you and noah did as well with the wheels yeah like dude this deck wheels and it's very good like it yeah i've been seeing online basically people are calling it snekuzar because it's just (laughs) a real wheel wheel and deal type deck yeah i think that is the best iteration to build for it if you want if we're talking efficiency for killing tables the wheel and deal is the way to go. I personally do like the group hug idea. I know you had originally intended your deck to be that idea, and it still retains that in some way, but you definitely work some wheels in there, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the deck 
starts out with your low drop artifacts that make everybody draw additional cards. You got your Kami in there drawing additional cards. So everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine with drawing additional yeah, cards. Yeah, yep, until then, out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> you slam your commander down, and it's like, okay, it goes around the table once, and you've got 20 tokens. Yeah, you know? so 100%. Like, it's really great. There's been multiple times that I've played the deck or I've played against the deck where I just out of nowhere in one turn somebody has 40 or 50 snake tokens and it, it just blows up. Yeah, so. 100%. It's even something that you played with us in a CDH game recently and uh, I we had to worry about it. Like, we had to. You know what I mean? Like, with cards like Sylvan Library, Necropotence, things like that that are in CDH that we just draw a shitload of cards with, it's not good to give Dale 1-1 snakes that fly, that we can't block, that, you know, CDH decks, I've said it a million times on the podcast, I'll say it again, CDH decks are not set up for swinging creatures early. It's just not going to, they not, they aren't, man. It's just not, even a combo or a combat deck like Goto or Najila is not set up for something like that that early. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's not that type of format, so. I, I think the biggest pitfall to the deck is honestly going to be your mana base. If you get too greedy with the mana base, then the Blood Moon just shuts you down. Yeah, you know? but that's every deck, though. That's every deck, so, though. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it just, for me, I'm used to playing either mono or dual color decks, so the second you go to three color, you really, you kind of have to. Yeah, like, you do have, yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's healthy to run the check lands like we had talked about before. So, like, your Drowned Catacombs, Hinterland Harbors, things like that. I think it's healthy to run the Shocks. You don't necessarily have to run the Fetches. And then just run your typical utility lands like Command Tower, Rogue's Passage, Reliquary Tower, things like that. Temple of the False God if you want to go that route. Um, and then maybe Mana Confluence and maybe, um, what's the other one? City of, City of Brass, like maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know I, what I mean. I, I, like I run the dual lands, the shock lands, the fetch lands, City of Brass. Like, I <laughs> yeah, mean, that I, is greedy. I, I that is greedy. greedy. You're right, but like, you own those cards, so whatever, you know. And I gotta tell you, there is a. I didn't really used to think so, but there is a difference when you start throwing shocks and fetches into decks, man. For real, it's just that the fixing becomes that much easier. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I don't know who yeah. I. I'm not yeah. telling anybody anything they haven't heard, so. But yeah. Uh, how about uh, what's the next? What's the next? Oh one yeah, one of the ones I wanted to talk about. I actually ended up getting the Otrimi deck, which is the Otrimi Ever Playful. It's the Sultai Commander deck that was based around Mutate. Um, a ton of fun. I mean, it's a ton of fun. Um, so I built the deck, basically trying to use as many of the Sultai Mutate creatures from the set as possible. And um, having comic book versions of them, as I said earlier in the deck, or and. Um, I found a lot of other really cool spicy tech with it. Um, for example, when I first started playing Mutate, I didn't really know a ton about it. Uh, we have a friend, Richard, who plays a lot of standard. He kind of explained it to me. Like, things like, you know, if you blink a creature that has mutated four times, they all come back separately. Or, like, just cool little techs like that. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I play Dead Eye Navigator to maybe be able to, you know, if I've only got one really big, beefy creature and somebody's about to swing me down, I can have blockers. Or just blinking stuff in general to be able to remutate things, you know what I mean? So, um, I also found some spicy things to mutate on top of. Um, one of them being the new Elder Gargaroth. Um, and then two older cards. One was from one of the Morningtide sets. It's called Needle Spectre. It's yep. two black uh, and one. It's got Wither and Flying. And then, yeah, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, they discard that many cards. It starts out as a 1-1. One, one. But if I put my commander on top of it, it immediately becomes a 6-6 six, six flying trample, discard six cards when I smack you. So it's yeah. pretty gross. Like, that's, it becomes very gross very quickly. Um, another really good one that, again, Richard had pointed out to me um, was Cephalid Constable. I can't remember what set it's from, but it's similar. So it's whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you bounce that many of their permanents. So uh, there's a lot of, I mean, and just, I mean, those are really the only two cards that I've really specifically been like, okay, I want to mutate on top of those. Like, I put some other stuff in there, like a Con Sphinx is really nice to mutate on top of just because of its static ability. A Tatiova isn't bad to mutate on top of, but those two guys are like the meat and potatoes, like they're where it's at to mutate on. Um, but even just the regular value creatures, like uh, there's a creature, Auspicious Starix, which I've found that is really nice. So um, it's a little bit of a hefty mana investment, for, but for each time that it has mutated, you can reveal the top card of your library, and if it's a permanent, you put it on board. 
Like, it's really good. Yeah, like, it is, awesome. it's pretty good, man. Like, and I'm, you know, I'm blowing up artifacts and enchantments. I'm creating beast tokens. I'm drawing cards. Like, Okima um, was one of the partner commanders. It's in the deck. And, you know, it's, un, it's, un, it's a 2-2 two, two unblockable. Excellent to mutate on top of. It's unblockable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's perfect. It turns my commander into a 6-6 six, six unblockable with trample. Uh, that's commander damage right there. I mean, it's the it's the first combat based deck that I've really built in a long time. Like, I almost don't even consider myself all deck in ways to be combat, you know. But like, Otrimi's it wins through combat. Like, and I I can kill three players with it. It's pretty sweet. I like it a lot. Definitely. Um, I think mutate was one of the coolest mechanics to come out of the Sycoria set. I really do. Um, I'm having a ton of fun with it. I, I definitely want to touch on one last deck too before we. Uh head into these singles, but uh, it's Winota. And for Boros, I mean, I honestly think that it's the best Boros commander. I, here, here. I, I mean, I like Feather, and I know tons of people love Feather. Tons of people will fall on the sword for Feather, but Winota is better, yeah, dude, I straight mean, up. The, the Winota deck I've read is pretty good, and I've played against a few other Winota decks, and I mean, man. They just do work. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I can have, like... Three dudes turns into six yeah. dudes before your eyes. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, I it happens. Like, it's just... Turn four, I have her out usually, and I already got two other creatures to swing to get the triggers. Next thing you know, it's like, turn five, I've got 15 creatures coming at you, and every one of those creatures has triggered abilities that are putting yeah, more, yep. more tokens exactly. on the battlefield or searching for yeah. planeswalkers. Dale slaps out. Dale slaps out. He slaps out a Grand Abolisher regularly with this deck. Like that's just a problem in and of itself. Not even that. It's not even the swinging of the Grand Abolisher that's the issue. It's its static ability. Like it's just you know. So yeah, no, I agree. Winota for me, definitely the best Boros commander. Feather is cool. Feather's got some like combo potential or whatever. But like for what Boros is and what Boros wants to do, Winota all day. If you want to be aggro and beat down the table super quick. Winota definitely. Yep, is, 100%. Is if you want to be cheeky, Feather, go ahead. That's uh, that's if that's your thing. But yeah, I think Winota takes the cake. Definitely. 100%. Um, so we did also, real quick, before we leap away from Commander 2020 and kind of wrap it up here, we wanted to talk about some of the singles that really stuck out, namely the free spells, the cycle of free spells that we got um, from the decks. Um, the green and the white one. I mean, they're okay. <laughs> the green one is basically a fog, so it takes away, you know, all commander damage and stuff like that. Um, what's the white one do? It's a, uh, I believe it's indestructible. It may give them hexproof, but at least indestructible. Yeah. I mean, they're honestly, they're not that good. That's why we don't know them that well. Yeah. But the three we want to tell you guys about are the red, the black, and the blue one. Um, I'll kick it off with the black one, Deadly Rollick. Uh, I love this card. <laughs> I love the card. card. Uh, two and a black. Instant speed. If you control your commander, it is free. Exile target creature. Like, it is just... It's so good. It went in Yawgmoth. It went... It's going to go in Muldrotha. It went in my CDH deck. Like, it just... Yeah. It's great, man. Yeah, spell? it's great, man. And even if you have to cast it for three, it's a three-drop exile spell. Four. four drop? Sorry. Yeah, four drop. It's still, though... It's no, it's no scour yeah. from existence for exactly. seven. You know what I'm saying? So like, it, it, it's on point. Like, I love the card. I really do. Um, the whole cycle is great. I mean, they really are. But the best ones are the ones we're talking about. So. Oh yeah. I mean, and then like the blue one is just a simple uh, counter-target non-cage spell. I mean, um, for most people, that's like hearsay. Who cares? But like for us, for with CDH players and stuff like that. Yeah. Free spells are where it's at. That's how that's how you that's how you win games in CDH, unfortunately, and stuff like. That. So it's just nice to have another one on top of everything else. Yeah, people people get hung up on the non-creature. It's like, oh well, okay, that's not that good. I'm telling you right now, when you're like six counter spells deep in a counter spell battle, they're the perfect counter spells, man. Negate, force and negation, this card, fierce guardianship. Like, they're you want those cards? Yep. They're great. Like, they really are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the last one's going to be the red one, Deflecting Swat. It's an instant speed, three mana. If you control your commander, you can pay, play it without uh, paying its mana cost, and you can choose new targets for target spell or ability. I mean, 
honestly, that's super solid in red, especially like in decks like Winota or like any type of like commander oriented deck, like the Snekuzar deck, any type of deck that you are relying on your commander and people are going to immediately be trying to remove that just have that free spell out to just be like nope you're not going to remove that in fact you're going to actually remove your own creature you know mm -hmm. so i mean it's definitely powerful and all of these card these three cards are you know making their mark in yeah. meta like in edh everywhere so yeah absolutely um i mean i found myself buying the jeskai commander deck simply for the guardianship because it was damn near the whole price of the deck like i bought it just for that card one quick spicy thing too i'd like to point out i again i run kazora nukima food chain right now um because soltai food chain for the win and um i have two commanders in that deck like i've got twice the possibility of being able to cast that spell for free and i run rollick and guardianship in the deck like yeah i really think that these spells are pretty awesome man i've had a lot of fun playing them that's for sure definitely so that about wraps things up for us tonight, guys. Um, like I said, we were not going to touch too much on the things that we've missed during quarantine. Um, however, we'd love to hear about some games you guys have had with maybe the new Commander decks or some some of your exploits in trying to collect the Godzilla cards or what have you. Um, so definitely hit us up on the Instagram. We're always down to chat. We're always down to chat on the Facebook page and stuff, too. Yeah, so. if, you, if you guys play, uh, you know, on Skype, Discord, or whatever, you know, just uh, you can hit me up at MTG underscore survivalist, and I'm always down to play some games online with some people, no matter where you're from, as long as we can get a time set up, you know, down to play with anybody. Absolutely. All right, guys, so that about wraps things up for us. Uh, we've been the Commander's Vault. Again, if you missed it earlier, go back, take a listen for the passphrase. Make sure you DM us that on Instagram at the Commander's Vault or at MTG underscore survivalist. Thanks for listening, guys. We're glad to be back.